This episode of Slay the Stigma is brought to you by the Richardson Women's Club Charitable Foundation. You can learn more about them at rwctx.org. My name is Deborah Dobbs. I'm the executive director of The Counseling Place, a nonprofit victim advocacy and mental health agency in Richardson, Texas. I see the stigma around mental health as a dragon. It's a dragon that society keeps well fed. That dragon, though, it's hurting people, even killing good people, so we need to get rid of it. Now, you don't do that by addressing it or tackling it. If you want to kill a dragon, you slay it. So welcome to Slay the Stigma. With each episode, we'll dispel myths, we'll challenge perceptions, and offer solutions about mental health. Each episode delivers a powerful strike against the stigma. And we don't intend to stop until that dragon is slain. So we're at the place that we've been at over a year ago. They're still operating. And they're next to regular businesses and very close to a school. And we saw a woman entering the back with groceries, lots of food. And she got dropped off and she was going in the back entrance. But the lights are on like this place is open. Are you going to call them? can I know. I saw you. H and A foot spa. So this one has the very first review. It's from December. Nice location. Two girls work in. One in her thirties. Other appears older. December what? Twenty twenty. Mhm. Yeah, last month. That's the oldest review. No, that's the most recent. Oh, the light just kicked on. Okay. So they're working. Um, this person goes by the name Jeet. The customer goes by that name? Yeah. So the, he gives a massage therapist name, which is, I mean, they're all pretty standard. It was a thorough table shower. Her hands got in every nook and cranny and ultimately got everything nice and spiffy clean. Then back to the room. No draping, which was perfect because the few tugs on my junk in the shower left me ready to go. She gave me an okay massage on the flip, a hand job with ass and ball play. Oh my gosh. She popped her top off. She was really kinky. Good release. Definitely coming back for a second serving. They're so explicit. Very explicit. Gross. Let's call her. Okay.
Please leave your message. Maybe they recognize your number. Like that's a guy. It's <laughs> a guy that called a year and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, because we're in a car and we've had sound issues, partly because when we were driving, and at various other times, one of us has hit the stop button and not actually been recording. So, I got to back up and have you repeat some things. So, I'm sorry for that. That is no problem. I need you to back up and describe the process of how this happens, how this whole business, how does it work? So in terms of them getting up here, the victims and all that? Yeah, let's talk about the victims first. Um, so usually they, what we're seeing is older Chinese females, um, mainly because they, when you look at the, the demographics, the majority have domestic violence issues in China, um, or they're divorced and they're trying to help their kids get out of you know poverty, or they reach an age where they're basically forced out of the workforce because there's so many young laborers, so they end up needing money. Um, they'll come here and more often than not go to Flushing, New York, which is in Queens, um, once they're in Flushing, then they'll, you know, reach out to people trying to find employment. They'll do some on, on the internet. So they'll go to like Chinese in LA or Chinese in Houston or any major city and they will answer those ads and then ultimately get help getting, you know, as an example here to Texas. And then once they're here, they go to work in the massage place. And uh, they'll be told that you can't trust Americans and, and law enforcement's corrupt and they'll collect their passports or... Yeah, you like see that. a lot of times in, um, in Flushing and or like if, if they're going to, say, Houston before coming here, they will be told, hey, the cops are corrupt, like, you know, because there is a lot of <clears throat> corruption in law enforcement in China. And once they get here, then... They'll be told, hey, the cops are, you know, you're going to get robbed. The cops aren't going to help you, blah, blah, blah. We need to, if you want to give me your passport, I'll make sure it's safe. You know, I'll have it locked up. And then they give it over with the belief that that's the case. But then ultimately it's just a way that they're obtaining, the, the bad guys are obtaining the passports without having to steal them essentially. And if they start doing this and they know... I don't think anyone would ever want to do this as a job. And they find out what's really expected of them. And if they don't want to do it, then what do you think would happen? Um, that's kind of, there's d different ways to look at that. So a lot of times they're paying debt to somebody who helped fund the travel from China. So they've got to repay that debt. There's you know, oftentimes concern about, you know, what's going on with the family. Um, but if you're here and you're told to do this and, you know, the cops are corrupt ish, you know, you're told then you can't really call for help. So you're kind of in a position where you're stuck. Um, you owe this debt. You have to do this to make the money to pay the debt. So you end up doing it. And then ultimately from there, it's such a shameful thing in Chinese culture 
that you're never going to ask for help. You're never going to say this is what's happening. You're never going to, you know, um, talk about it. So it's just a cycle based on fear and shame. So, uh, you don't call them prostitutes. Is this correct? No. A trafficking victim is not a prostitute. Okay. Um, they're and, not really interchangeable. And you will say, and legally, they're trafficking victims because what? Well, because they're engaging in commercial sex under forced fraud or coercion. Um, generally under fraud or coercion. Um, and that's all forms of trafficking, but this especially. Um, and illicit massage is primarily fraud and coercion. And you were talking about this earlier, how just like imagine going to a country where you're told that you come from a country where the police indeed could be corrupt and you're used to that. So you believe that when you hear it about police here and you don't speak the language, you can't read, so you can't communicate, you can't pick up the phone and call, you probably don't even know about 911. Mm -hmm. And, And you said they're living in there often. Oftentimes they live there, and then when they get paid, the rent to stay there would be deducted from their paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, further, you know, putting further distance between their present and their paying off their debt. Yep. And then the groceries that they get, they have to buy those, but the groceries will be picked up by the owner, and then they might pay like $10 for a toothbrush. Yeah, so... You'll see that they'll charge astronomical amounts. Um, you know, usually of the money that they get to keep, they don't get paid per massage. It's usually half of whatever the tip is that's given. So you're being paid very small amounts anyway, and then you're paying generally 300 a month to live in the parlor, and you're paying for groceries that are kind of at an inflated cost because that's what the owner is charging you, and. You're still, I mean, how do you get out of that cycle when it comes to, to that? You can't. All right. Now, how do the owners, the actual traffickers, how do you see them getting into, into this? Um, you know, the thing about it is we do see quite a few that are formally involved in this. So sometimes what happens is you will have single men who are frequenting these places, they fall in love with the victim. They then pay for the victim essentially. And then they open up this business together. So it's pretty common to see the business owners being Asian females and the spouse being, you know, generally a white male, um, who was previously a sex buyer. Isn't that crazy? We have uh, one of those cases. I met one, and she had a lot of money, Mm -hmm. and she lived with this man, married this man, who uh, was still a customer, sort of, and she then divorced him and took everything. Yeah. And uh, so that's interesting. The victim then becomes like a perpetrator. The trafficker, yeah. Wow. You'll see that. Um, but the other thing, too, it's not a hard business to get involved in. So, you know, if I want to open up a massage place, all I really have to do is get a couple victims on the hook, rent this place out, 
they're not well done inside. So you may have a couple like sheetrocked, you know, walls to make little stalls to have rooms in essentially. And that's it. I mean, it's, it's really easy and cheap to get into. So you do that, the overhead's low and then everything on top of that is, is profit. Jeffrey Epstein, you know, gets all this attention and, or, you know, did the, the, the case, the yeah. scandal. And it reportedly is a lot like what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. And so people get all worked up. I mean, Grant, it's disgusting. And, and he seemed like a hideous person. However, you've got this stuff going on, like literally in your backyard, like in your neighborhood, the people that are outraged about Jeffrey Epstein don't seem to get too upset about this stuff. Or maybe they just don't know or they don't want to know. I think that's probably it. So this place is right next to a gas station and within 25 feet of a restaurant. So you're going to have people in here at lunchtime eating away, knowing this is going on, two doors down. But you, the interesting thing I think about these is you don't have to look at people. You don't look at the victim because they're behind closed doors. So there's no human connection there. Whereas with Epstein, everybody gets pissed off because he's mega wealthy or was till he died. But there's no difference in, you know, there's nothing unique about what Epstein did. The only unique thing about it is that he's wealthy. Um, the trafficking is the same. The exploitation's the same. The vulnerable populations are the same. It's all the way across the board the exact same thing. It's just that these are literally right next door to you. So if people want to do something, like they hear this, like, well, this is wrong, and these should be shut down, and, you know, you're visiting these same places a year and a half later, and nothing's changed, what do you, what do you suggest to them? If you're just a regular citizen, is that a municipal government, city council thing? Yeah, that's definitely a council thing. Um, I would reach out to the police departments, try to get them to do something. Hope that they do it in an educated way and don't just walk in and arrest a bunch of women for prostitution, which is probably what they would do. And then the place just reopens 12 hours later, you know, and then they pat themselves on the back because they shut it down. You gave a little vacation. But, yeah, council... uh, You can even really hound um, Texas Department of Licensing and Regulation, get them involved. City code enforcement is a good one. It doesn't always have to be law enforcement shut it down. Code can do a ton, a ton of cool stuff. I have seen where people were logging license plates, running the license plates, and then sending letters to the people's houses about the date and time that their vehicle was seen (laughs) at the parlor in hopes that the wives would check the mail. Um, Oh, That was like troll level 5,000. I thought that one was pretty good. Um, so, yeah, there's a ton of different different ways. I think the people that run the cities, you don't want to say this is going on. This doesn't reflect well on the city, but in Waco, they don't care. They're like, no, what is it, not in my city. Well, they have not in my city campaign, yeah, but we shut all of ours down, so we don't even have any anymore. We've literally shut down every single one and not ever had one reopen. And you know how to do it. So you guys also train other, like you'll work collaboratively with other law enforcement agencies, yeah. right? Yeah, so like on this, as an example, if the city was like, hey, we need some help, we don't know how to do this, basically we would handle all the analytical work for them. I, I would have a couple questions because I'd need to know who's on building permits, things like that. Uh, we would handle all the analytics, walk them through how to do the undercover. Um, sometimes the agencies say they don't want to do it, so we'll do it for them. 
hand them all the evidence and help write their search warrants, get whoever the case agent is, take them over. They get their warrant signed. They get all the pats on the back and do all that. And we just kind of walk them through, you know, the little things. Like when you come in here, there's probably going to be coins underneath the doormat. You want to pull this camera. You want to pull that. You want to talk to the survivors about this, not that, you know, and just kind of walk them through almost like a, a training in, of sorts in the act. That way, when we leave, hopefully, you know, they can turn around two weeks from now and go get another one and, and handle it. You know, why are there coins under coins under the mat? It's like a symbol of like fortune. Oh, so they're wanting, there's just so many little things like that, that people don't realize there's statues that if a sword faces one way, it is, um, you know, one thing, but if it faces the other way, then it is basically a shrine to keep law enforcement away Ooh. or to protect them from, you know, from that. Um, so there's just little things that matter that you don't always, you can't always just say, look for all of this, because if you don't know what you're looking for, then, you know. Do very many <clears throat> law enforcement agencies take you up on the offer? Yeah. Um, we travel quite a bit working with them. We've done several, um, you know, we do them throughout the country. So, you know, why, we'll what, what does McClellan County get out of this? I mean, that's pretty <laughs> cool that you go out and do all this, but you're way outside your County. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that we get is that people are doing this right after we leave. Um, so that's really the biggest thing. And, you know, I, I'm lucky to work for an administration that says if anybody asks for help, we don't turn them down. So if, uh, you know, agency says, hey, we want help, we're going. Um, That's cool. Yeah. You want to try to call them again? <clears throat> yeah. Let's see if this... Is that a customer? He looks hesitant. Like, it's so obvious. Yeah, a lot of times, too, you'll see where they'll park, like, here at CVS and walk across the street. Or they'll park at like the gas station and go walk, if that's what this is. Let's see. There's nothing discreet about this. Okay, I wonder what's next door. It looks like it's closed. I can't tell. I think that says no parking. That sign. Okay, that guy's sitting in the car a long time. If he's going to a barbecue place. Please leave your message for... You what the heck, people. Joseph? Oh, no. Tell you. They're like, Scaramucci's coming. <laughs> Don't answer the phone. One thing I think is really cool is that Lisa Ling inter interviewed you, but y'all weren't in person, right? It was all video? No, we did. Um, we had the whole film crew and everything. Oh, like, cool. They came and, and worked with us. Okay, so if you were just... Because they're not answering the phone, if you just walked in... Yeah, so I did it with them. Uh, we couldn't tell if... They had left or what? The, there was something with the the people. We weren't sure if the building was closed because it was really late. So I went and walked by and opened the door. And lo and behold, the lady's standing at the doorway. So I'm like, hey, sorry. And she's like, no, 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 come in. 
I was like, no, no, no. Like, it's too late. And she's just kind of stood there and she like grabbed me by the shirt and she's like, no, 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 come in. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm too late. I'll come in the morning. And she's like, no, 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 we'll work late. And I was like, no, 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 I'll come back tomorrow. Um, so we had like a really awkward exchange for a bit where I like essentially had to break away from being kidnapped by this poor lady, um, trying to make a dollar. Um, but yeah, it's that part can get a little weird sometimes if you don't have a solid cover why you need to be leaving immediately, which I don't (laughs) if we were to walk in. Well, and if you were to walk in, like, obviously I'm not proposing this, but if you were to walk in and do this, then what do you have to do? You know, like as someone in law enforcement, don't you have to do something? Um, I mean, so they're going to offer to do things. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, but like for us, we, we maintain certain things to keep us safe. So certain ways that we record everything and all that, um, you know, so they can never say that we did something inappropriate, but yeah, I mean, we would just walk in. I usually just play off, you know, when they offer those things that, um, my wife took my wallet or took my cash from my wallet sorry, I'll come back next time. We'll do it next time and just put it off. And usually they're pretty good about that. Is it hard for you to see these things still operating a year and a half later? Is that It's just crazy to me. I just don't understand why law enforcement doesn't do anything. And that's nationally, you know. But the thing about this, they're so overthought. They're so overworked. I was talking with an agency in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that was telling me about their massage parlor case that's been going on for 18 months. You can get in and get this shut down within three days if you wanted. Um, 18 months? Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, But that's common because they'll sit here and do surveillance for a year and then they'll do just nonsense. Um, So I think part of that is that law enforcement sees this as a big, you know, burden and it's manpower intensive and all that. No, that's, I mean, you can knock this out in three days with four people tops. Um, it's pretty simple. Okay. Simple when you know what to do. When you know what to do. Okay. Okay. So you just saw Look like someone walk in? No, it looked like a little Honda pulled up with like an Asian female. I can't tell. You'll probably be able to see. I can't see as well, but if she goes to that back door like the other lady did, you'll be able to see. It's weird that somebody went in. When we first pulled up, and nobody answers the phone. Yeah, it's so weird because they're open. It makes me wonder if they, if the people in there even speak English. That may be what it is. That they're like, nope. Hello, can I help you? Yeah, I was trying to see if I could set an appointment at twelve. You got time? Uh, twelve. Okay. Yeah, for an hour. Okay. What's do, your name? Uh, Joe. Okay, Joe. See you then. Do you do you do forehands? What? Forehands? No. No. Okay. So that's two girls. That's oh. Hmm. We'll see if like generally that sex act is forty dollars. So we'll see if we can get her. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah, 
Hello. Hey, I was just trying to find out if you got time for uh for an hour massage. Yeah, what time? Uh, can I come at twelve? Yeah. Okay. Twelve. See you twelve. How much? How much for the hour? One hour sixty dollars. Half hour forty five dollars. Uh, no, I definitely want the hour. How? What's the tip? Yeah, up to you. Okay. I got forty. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Bye bye. Bye. So yeah, so okay, so what does that mean? So generally speaking, almost always the house fee is going to be sixty dollars for the massage, and then the forty is for the hand job. So she said up to you on the tip. And when I said forty, obviously she knew what I said or what I meant because she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so okay, um, yeah, that one's that that's another local one. I think that one's probably pretty close to us. Does your number just pop up? No. So don't they get suspicious if they see? Like, it's an unavailable, or is it... No, is it because a, the thing about it, um, you know, so they'll oftentimes, when I when I am doing the undercover, and I'm like, oh, my wife took my money, I don't have any cash, mm-hmm. they'll be like, oh, put it on a credit card. And I'm like, nah, because then my wife will know I've been here. And they're like, oh, okay. So they know that all the dudes are trying to avoid okay. spouses, you know, finding out, so... So that one's nearby? So again, this is... Right out in the open. It's right next to a, a dentist, dentist and a chiropractor. Wow. Like facing a busy road. Not tucked away behind anything. Oh, and this is the one dark that alley. I said about the $40 was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so my. Their last review was the 12th of this month. And this one, they talk very openly about the happy ending. They still use that term, happy ending. Them doing this on a table, so surely the massage table. Um, yeah, this one, same thing. goes on about having sex in there. Jeez. So the cool thing is that one of the things that I'm looking for on here is the comments. So somebody commented that this lady's name is Lily. And then one of the comments is, oh, that's great. Um, Lily's been gone for six months. So they'll even discuss the cycling of the ladies as they're being worked through the different places. Or they'll say, Lily's not here anymore. She's at such and such. So you know that those places are networked. You know, I called this one for the location. And they said she was at the location and neighboring city um so you can really document a lot of that there too wow so these business owners could possibly complain to the city oh absolutely yeah absolutely you know Um, because they're going to see the traffic they're going to know who's going in and out of there mm -hmm. almost every time what will happen is that they will when we run the warrants on these places these other business owners will come out and they're like oh we thought maybe something was up we just didn't know to call um, or we didn't want to, you know, be wrong or stuff like that. And I always just tell them, call, at least get the investigation going. Now, this is a federal offense, state um, and federal? Yeah, so state, you could do human trafficking. You could do organized crime is typically what we do, uh, money laundering. And then federally there's um, transportation aiding racketeering, so bringing people into the country for racketeering um, is a federal offense too. And the prosecutors take the case? They don't kick back the cases? 
Depends on where you're at. <laughs> uh -huh. Depends on where you are. Um, I mean, we don't have any problems, but you know, I know plenty that do. So it just kind of depends on location. It also depends on the prosecutors and what they view a victim as, you know, because if they don't think that they're a victim, they're not going to pro prosecute it. And that would uh, <laughs> definitely not motivate law enforcement to do anything. Like, I remember ages ago when, with domestic violence, they made, uh, well, not just DV, but an assault if they strangled mm -hmm. the victim. They, it's when they first started saying, okay, that's a felony. You file it as a felony. Yeah. And then the DA's office kept kicking the case back. Mm -hmm. And so they quit doing it. And so I'm thinking if you put the effort in, I guess you would coordinate with maybe talk to the DA first before you go bust these people? Or yeah, just... I mean, it's, uh, my thing is it's always good to, to include the DA because if you know what they're wanting ahead of time, mm -hmm. you can, you know, help get there. Because you could inundate an office with these, a DA's office. Oh, yeah, I think, you know, just in the area we're at, I think I saw 40-something businesses, so. Yeah, you, uh, you have a map system you did right you made this the last time i talked to you about this you had kind of developed this map oh yeah we still yeah um we do have a map that's got pin drops and but just looking at the amount of parlors that have reviews in this city there's 46 my god so the da's office could get busy quick mm -hmm. what about um the city north to us my point is these are suburbs. This is not some low-income yeah. Harry Hines. 23 in that city? There's 23? Oh, Plano's got 87. Oh, my God. 23 in Allen? That's what it shows. That's, my, that's where I live. Yeah, it's 23. Good grief. What about McKinney? 24. What about Houston? Oh, shit. Um, I think they say they have more than there are Starbucks. Uh, 722. Wow. Yeah. That's... And, and, and the criteria that lands them on this list is, is what? People saying, hey, like, this is what they offer. I mean, you just, it's a little more difficult on the phone. So I can just add a massage parlor, and then I'll just put this address, take a picture of it, post it up. Like, this is what I got there. Is this one on the list? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's how you found it, right? That's yeah. how you called. Okay. Good grief. All right. Oh, my goodness. The one we're sitting here, the one we're looking at right now has been here since 2017. It's The first review is March 26th of 2017. And they engaged in full sexual intercourse. Oh, my word. That's messed up. A huge thank you to Joseph Scaramucci for all of his insight on human trafficking, what it really means to be a victim, and how we can help. We really appreciate it, Joe. Thank you for listening to Slay the Stigma. By taking what you've learned today, implementing it, and sharing it, you too are helping us hack away at this dragon. If you like what you're hearing and you want to support our work slaying the stigma, you can donate to The Counseling Place at our website, counselingplace.org, 
or you can give by texting CP Slays to 41444. I'm Deborah Dobbs, and thanks for joining us. <laughs>